From the studios of EWTN, this is Open Line with today's host, Father Wade Menezes. In North America, call toll-free 1-833-288-EWTN. That's 1-833-288-3986. Outside North America, call 1-205-271-2985 or send an email to openline at EWTN.com. A tremendous Tuesday to each and every one of you. Thanks so much for tuning in to EWTN's Open Line. If you've got a question for Father Wade Menezes regarding faith, family, and fellowship, or any question whatsoever, give us a call at 833-288-EWTN. That's 833-288-3986. If you're outside the United States and Canada, that number is 1-205-271-2985. And we'll even put you straight to the front of the line at one 1- 205-271-2985. And you can always send us an email. That email address is openline at EWTN.com. That's openline, all one word, at EWTN.com. I'm Jack Williams, Michael McCall, spinning the dials behind the glass, producing the program. Your call screener is Matt Gubensky, Jeff Burson handling our social. Actually, Ace McKay, I think, is our celebrity social media maven today. And um, our host, as he is every Tuesday, live in the studio, the one and only Father Wade Menezes. How are you? You know, Jack, I'm doing great, but i got to say something here. I mean, I've got to say okay, something Okay, what did here. I do? Well, you know, yeah, well, you're kind of involved here. You are okay. kind of involved here. So how can things change dramatically in just eight days from Tuesday to Tuesday? Last Tuesday, I'm free as a bird flying solo for the show, can't mm-hmm. find a moderator anywhere. They're both traveling, being faithful to their daily duty, which I love the theology mm-hmm. of. But even Tom is on the road, you know, can't fill in for you. And here it is just eight little days later, and I'm back in the chamber studio with the just judge. <laughs> So I can't behave yourself. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, Father Wade, marriage, marriage, marriage. The month of June. It, marriage. Lots, lots of weddings. You the got act- me. You got me into this mess, Menezes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did literally, didn't I? <laughs> you know, th- the experts say that June is the month of weddings. So I want to give a little bit of Catholic theology here on the beautiful sacrament of matrimony and what marriage means. And so I titled today's springboard topic. Marriage and a crucifix. Marriage and a crucifix. Listen to this. Cardinal Timothy Dolan of New York tells a story about his first first pastor back home in St. Louis. A St. Louis boy. I am a native St. Louis. That's right. That's right. Whenever he would celebrate the sacrament of matrimony, the pastor of of Father Timothy Dolan, uh, for a couple, he would present them with a crucifix, and he would tell the couple the following words. He'd say, look, I'm giving you this crucifix for two reasons. First of all, You're starting a new home together, and no Catholic home should be without a crucifix. The second reason is because I want you to put it in your house, and every time you look at the cross, be reminded that if your married love is to be pure, faithful, and fruitful, it will have to have a share in the cross. Cardinal Dolan's pastor would continue. He'd say to the couple, the struggle and the suffering of the cross will be part of your marriage. And when the cross comes, when those setbacks, those frustrations, those arguments, and those tensions come, don't you ask what is wrong with your marriage. No, 
Instead, you thank God there's something right with your marriage because your marriage is sharing in the cross of Jesus Christ. You know, this little story uh, reminds me, Jack, of uh, this past Good Friday at the Fathers of Mercy. One of my confers, Father Ricardo Pineda, was a celebrant of our 3 o'clock p.m. Passion service that day. And he said briefly during his homily, he says, you know, I've been asked many times over the years, for example, maybe by a Protestant, uh, what is it with you Catholics and the crucifix, keep, keeping the, the body of Christ on, on, on the cross itself? What is it that you Catholics have with the crucifix? And Father Ricardo said the words just came in his answer. He says, you know, it's, it's like looking at a wedding portrait, uh, unconditional love, other-centeredness, being willing to put down one's life for the other. Looking at the crucifix is like looking at a wedding portrait. And I still remember him telling that this last uh, Good Friday, just a, a, a few months ago. Also, and this reminds me, Jack, that there is a very telling Bosnian Catholic tradition within the celebration of the sacrament of matrimony. When the bride and bridegroom go to the church to be married, they actually literally carry a crucifix with them. Uh, the priest blesses the crucifix, and instead of saying that they have found the ideal partner with whom to share their lives, uh, the priest exclaims to them, you have found your cross. It is a cross to love, a cross to carry with you, a cross that is not to be thrown off, but rather cherished. When the bride and groom then exchange the marital vows, the bride puts her right hand on the crucifix, and the groom puts... Uh, his ha right hand over hers. Both are thus bound together and united to the cross. The priest covers their hands with his priestly stole while they pronounce their promises, their vows to love one another in good times and in bad, proclaiming their vows to be faithful according to the rites of the church. Then they both first kiss the crucifix, not each other. That's very, very interesting. They first both kiss the crucifix, not each other. If one abandons the other, they abandon Christ on the cross. They lose Jesus. After the wedding, the newlyweds cross the threshold of their home to enthrone that same crucifix in a place of honor. It becomes the reference point of their lives and the place of family prayer for the young couple believes deeply that the family is born of the cross. In times of difficulty and misunderstandings then, as all human relationships experience at one time or another, they do not turn immediately to a lawyer or a psychologist or to an astrologer. No, they turn to the cross of Christ. They kneel, they weep tears of repentance, and open up their hearts, begging for the strength to forgive each other and imploring the Lord's help. These pious practices have been learnt from the time of their childhood through their own parents. Here the children are taught to reverently kiss the crucifix daily and to thank the Lord for the day before going to bed. These children go to sleep knowing that Jesus is holding them in his arms and there is nothing to be afraid of. This is made possible through the family prayer. Their fears and their differences, so normal sometimes between siblings, melt away in the kiss of Jesus on the cross before they go to bed. They dream of enthroning a crucifix in a home of their own one day, just like their mother and father have done. And thus is the family as a whole indissolubly, indissolubly united to the cross of Christ. It is, this, uh, is this simply a morbid outlook on marital and family life, or is it a piece of wisdom that few in our own modern world can understand? I'd say it's the latter. In marriage, we cannot rely on our own human strength, and if we think we can, we shall fail. Temptation enters into every marriage in one way or another, no doubt. On one's wedding day, it is hard to imagine a day when all will not be perfect. 
Little do the young hearts know that they are embarking on a road which will travel to the highest peaks and the lowest valleys. It is during those times spent deep in the valley that it takes heroic virtue, heroic efforts by both the bride and the groom, the husband and the wife, to stay on course. At times it is even necessary for one's spouse to have the mental discipline to encourage the other spouse back into the marriage. Those who are experiencing this or have in the past can fully appreciate the grace that is necessary to hold on through the storm or the silence. There might be days when it all seems hopeless, Then a moment of true grace can bring a flood of renewed love and vitality and marital grace from the sacrament back into the relationship to renew that sacramental bond. It is during these times of intense difficulty that spouses can experience what is truly meant by those seemingly prophetic words now being added during some uh, marriage ceremonies, you may now kiss the cross in those Bosnian wedding Uh, weddings that take place through that very profound Bosnian tradition that reminds me of the story told by Cardinal Timothy Dolan that I shared at the beginning. So uh, call today and give a witness about the cross in your marriage and how the cross has strengthened your marriage. I'm not asking for a confession over the air. That wouldn't be valid anyway, Jack. Uh, But uh, I am asking for a wonderful marital witness. And if you're both together, bride and groom, uh, husband and wife, if you can put yourselves on the speakerphone so we can hear you both witness, uh, that would be a great thing for the two of you to do. And I also want to invite our listeners, uh, Jack, to go to fathersofmercy.com and on the search bar there at the homepage after clicking on the magnifying glass, look at my 25 specifically Catholic marriage tips. When we come back from our break, I'll give my favorite seven or eight of those 25, and then we'll go in and take our callers. Uh, 25 specifically Catholic marriage tips found at fathersofmercy.com. Go to that webpage, fathersofmercy.com. When the home page uh, pops up, it's the first page to pop up, click on that little magnifying glass icon in the upper right, and then a search bar comes up in the middle of the screen. And on that search bar, type 25, 2 and 5, not spelled out, but rather the number 2 and the number 5, 25 specifically Catholic marriage tips. Again, 25 specifically Catholic marriage tips. This is the month of June, the month of weddings, and we Catholics believe that marriage and the crucifix are intimately intertwined. No idea what you're talking about. My mar- every day of my marriage is like a walk in a sunny meadow. Boy, you better hope John had heard that. 833-288-EWTN is our toll-free number. 833-288-3986. It's Open Line Tuesday with Father Wade. This is Open Line on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. If you have a question, call 1-833-288-EWTN. That's 1-833-288-3986. Outside North America, call 1-205-271-2985. Or... Send us an email to openline at EWTN.com. Not only do we have new marriages in the month of June, we've got a brand new book hot off the presses for you in June from EWTN Publishing. Father Benedict Answers Your Questions by Father Benedict Rochelle. Beloved spiritual master and psychologist, Father Benedict Rochelle tackles an array of personal questions in his refreshingly frank, conversational way, addressing everything from hot-button topics in the church to ways to explain what Catholics believe 
to advice on increasing your devotion to our Eucharistic Lord in this uh, during this Eucharistic revival here in the United States. Um, he talks about divorce, remarriage, and same-sex attraction, how best to approach forgiveness of others and of yourself, depression and fruitful ways to combat it, and much, much more. Father Benedict Answers Your Questions by Father Benedict Rochelle. A new book from EWTN Publishing. It's available at EWTNRC.com by Catholic Shop EWTNRC.com. Couple open lines for you at 833-288-EWTN. That's 833-288-3986. And you had some tips for keeping me from killing my spouse. <laughs> well, from my 25 specifically Catholic marriage tips, okay, Jack, there you go. <laughs> I'd like to share my, my favorite seven or eight here. Number one, always put God first in your marriage. He created you both. He made you both to know him, love him, and serve him in this life so as to be forever happy with him in the next. And if that sounds like the Baltimore, Baltimore Catechism, Catechism <laughs> amen. straight off the pages. That's right. That's right. Uh, also, number two of the 25, never underestimate the power of the sacraments, especially weekly Eucharist and monthly confession. Enough said, period. Number three, never underestimate the power of prayer, especially the daily rosary, five decades, about 17 minutes to do, and the daily Divine Mercy Chaplet, again, five decades, about seven minutes to do, whether prayed individually or as spouses together or as a family. Enough said, period. Again, the, never underestimate the power of the sacraments and never underestimate the power of prayer. Uh, husbands, lead, protect, and provide for your wife and children and let your wife help you. And wives, comfort, nurture, and guide for your husband and children and let your husband help you. The particular gifts found within the masculine genius and the feminine genius are rooted in human nature. They grow and blossom when shared, especially within marriage and family life, the nucleus of society. Uh, number six, is be forgiving of each other, of, of your wrongs and your, your failures. Remember, a perfect marriage is an imperfect husband and an imperfect wife who absolutely refuse to give up on one another. Number nine is be intentional about forming an us as opposed to only focusing on me. Huh? Uh, be other-centered instead of self-centered and think and act like a team. Play to win. There's no pride in this. Be disciplined as a couple and think like a team. Uh, invite your spouse, number 19, is invite your spouse to be your accountability partner in everyday affairs, sharing even temptations that you may encounter. The devil will hate this. Good. Let him hate it. Dispel the darkness in your marriage and let the light of Christ shine within and through your marriage. For example, Share unified passwords and passcodes when using computers, smart devices, and when accessing different social media platforms. How about this? Uh, seek out a strong support base for you and your spouse that is comprised of family members and of friends and of co-workers whom you can trust with the same Christian worldview as you. I think this is very important today. And lastly, I want to share this one. Remain diligent to the overall spiritual dimension of your marriage, that is, with regular prayer and practicing the sacraments. I've already mentioned daily rosary, daily chaplet, weekly Eucharist, monthly confession. Uh, making spousal visits to the most blessed sacrament, that is, in Eucharistic adoration. Uh, 
and maintaining a well-balanced and grounded spiritual life. Remember, the main purpose, again, of a sacramental marriage is to help get each other into heaven. So give us a call today during this Open Line Tuesday as we're still in the month of June, which the experts tell us is the month of marriages. Most marriages take place in the month of June. In fact, my uh, niece-in-law and nephew, Cameron and Rita Menezes, uh, recently celebrated their seventh wedding anniversary this past Sunday, which also fell on Father's Day. So uh, congratulations to them on their uh, seventh wedding anniversary. And uh, give us a call about your own marriage and how the crucifix has been a part of it in a positive way, uh, because that's what we Catholics believe, is that the sacrament of matrimony and the crucifix go together. As Father Ricardo told us on Good Friday at the Fathers of Mercy uh, Good Passion Service at the Chapel of Divine Mercy in Auburn, Kentucky, our general at house there, he told us at that 3 o'clock p.m. Passion Service that looking at the crucifix is like looking at a wedding portrait. Other-centeredness, unconditional love, self-sacrifice, a passion, passio in the Latin, which is a love, but specifically a love, passio, is specifically a love that is willing to suffer for the other. 833-288-EWTN is our toll-free number. Still a couple of open lines at 833-288-3986. First up today is Michael, a first-time caller in the great state of Indiana, listening on Catholic Radio Indy. Michael, thanks so much for holding. Welcome to the program. Uh, thank you for the call. Uh, oh, my. Go right ahead. Oh, yeah. So my question, uh, the Bible is broken up into the Old Testament and the New Testament, and then we read about an Old Covenant and a New Covenant, and I'm wondering if covenants and testaments are the same, and then how does the mystery that St. Paul talks about fit into the covenant? Uh, I'm kind of confused. Okay, great. Great, great question, Michael. Thank you so much for your call from Indiana. Uh, speaking of which, Indiana, I want to give another shout out to a great family, the Facemeyer family. Uh, one of their sons is my baptismal godson, uh, Peter Facemeyer. So a hello and a shout out to, to Beth and Josh and their entire family. Uh, Michael, uh, the titles Old and New Testament, quote unquote, were used by St. Paul in 2 Corinthians 2.14. Uh, the, the term testament is applied to the two parts of the Bible, means a covenant, or we could even say an, an agreement or a pact, uh, that's P-A-C-T. Uh, in the language of the Bible, it denotes the agreement or pact between God and and the human person, right? Uh, man agreed to do certain things, and God in return promised certain blessings upon man. Uh, the Old Testament, or the Old Covenant, contains a record of the pact between God and Abraham and between God and Moses. The New Testament is an account of the pact between God and his creatures. Uh, both the Old and the New Covenants were sealed by blood, uh, the pact between God and Abraham was sealed by the circumcision, uh, Genesis 17, and the pact between God and the Jewish people by the sprinkling of the people with the blood of animal victims, Exodus 24, especially verses 7 and 8. And the pact between God and men by Christ's own blood, for example, in Matthew 26, 28, and 1 Corinthians 11, 25, which St. Paul talks about alluding to uh, your reference about St. Paul. Uh, besides denoting the Jewish and Christian religions, the terms Old and New Testaments also designate the sacred books of each. So we do mean them uh, interchangeably, Old Testament, Old Covenant, New Testament, uh, uh, New Testament, New Covenant. In fact, our Lord says uh, in at the beginning of Matthew 5, when he gives the... Um, 
the Sermon on the Mount with the nine Beatitudes. He says, I did not come to abolish the old law, meaning the, the Old Testament, uh, the old covenant, but to bring it to fulfillment. And I think I said last week, or it could have been the week before on Open Line Tuesday, the word fulfillment in both the Greek and the Hebrew means, quote unquote, to render perfect to render the thing perfect. So once it's perfect, there's no other changes to be made to it. This is why the coming of Christ and his establishing of the new covenant from the cross is the definitive covenant between God and his human creatures. Great question, Michael. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. 833-288-EWTN is our toll-free number. It's a free phone call anywhere in North America. 833-288-3986. Jack, I'd like to share a few more of these um, 25 specifically Catholic marriage tips going down the line here. Again, you can get these at fathersofmercy.com. At the homepage, click on the magnifying glass icon. Uh, the search bar comes up uh, right on the uh, center of the homepage. Type 25 specifically Catholic marriage tips at fathersofmercy.com. Uh, become familiar with the lives of the great saints of the Catholic Church who were husbands and wives. I love this one. Make their lives part of your own spiritual reading. Learn from them. Strive to be like them. After all, you share the same vocation they had, marriage. These saints lived in the modern world of their time, just as you live in the modern world of your time. If they grew in sanctity then, you can grow in sanctity now. If they did it, you can do it. That's a, that's a great, great point to remember. Uh, recognize that marriage by its uh, very nature has its up and downs, right? This is where the crucifix comes in. So don't be shocked by those downs when they happen. In fact, every vocation in state and life has its ups and downs. Singlehood, widowhood, consecrated religious life, diocesan priesthood. Uh, we all have our ups and downs. Accept this as a fact of life. Own it. Face the trials when they come and face them together as spouses. Uh, keep a sense of humor. This is important. Uh, laugh at yourself and with each other and with your kids. 833-288-EWTN is our toll-free number. Next stop is the Republic of Texas. Karen is listening on the EWTN app. Karen, you're on with Father Wade. Hi, Father Wade. Love your show. Love it. Thank you, Karen. And I wanted to call today because today is our 59th wedding anniversary. Oh, praise God. Wonderful. Well, you, know what, you know what they say, Karen. The first 59 are the hardest. <laughs> it, yes, I believe it, too. <laughs> The next will be so much easier. Anyway, I wanted to tell you, we got married on my parents' anniversary, so it was their anniversary, June 20th, and I found out I was baptized on June 20th. Oh, beautiful, wonderful. Wow, so your wedding and baptismal anniversary, two sacraments on the same day. So I, I, I hope you have a a nice glass of wine tonight, or, or not? Yeah, oh, it, I will. It's, it's it's today, right? June twentieth. You said is that it's correct? Today. Wow! Yes, today. Praise God! Praise God! Well, today. what a what a witness! Fifty nine years, and uh, uh, would you say that that the crucifix, in a beautiful, strong, uh, uh, catechetical way, is part and parcel with the sacrament of matrimony? Most definitely. And Amen. a priest that we just loved on our wedding day gave us a beautiful crucifix too. Oh wow. On our wedding day. Wow, and so you still have and, it you still have it, I presume? Oh yes. Oh yes. Beautiful. Yes. So they, here, here we have a caller, Jack, who who not only is the wedding anniversary today, the 59th, but at their wedding day fifty nine years ago today, the priest gave them a crucifix. How beautiful is that? 
Anything else you want to say, Karen? How about a shout out to your husband? What's his first name? <laughs> Jerry. Okay, Jerry, we Jerry. give a shout out to you and a congratulations to you on your 59th wedding anniversary as well. And are, are there any children from this covenant? We have three girls and five grandchildren. Wow, beautiful, yeah, beautiful, wonderful. 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 Great, Karen. Thank you so much for such a great witness. And uh, I will lift you and Jerry up this evening when I pray my compliment. I will offer my compliment for the two of you on on this, your 59th wedding anniversary. And thank you so much for giving a, just a, a great, great witness call today. We really appreciate it here on Open Line Tuesday. And listen each week. We love our listeners. God bless you now. 833-288-EWTN is our toll-free number. 833-288-3986. It's Open Line Tuesday with Father Wade. This is Open Line on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. 833-288-EWTN. It's our toll-free number. It's a free telephone call anywhere in North America. 833-288-3986. You know, that was a beautiful call from Karen and uh, talking about her and her, her husband, Jerry. And, uh, you know, we had a couple, uh, they were well into their 90s when I met them. And uh, they ran a Catholic bookstore in Des Moines, Iowa, out of their home. Wow. So the whole first level of their home was just like a bookstore. And then there was right. the little chair that carried them upstairs to where they lived on the second floor. And they all the business was transacted in the kitchen. Oh, wow. And wow, so, that's great. so he, would sit, he would sit in the kitchen. And she would be, you know, at the kitchen counter or something. And he would sit there. And he would say, he did this to me countless times. And he would say, uh, he would say you know, we've been married 61 glorious years. He said, I used to say... 59 for her and two for me. But that makes her mad, so I don't say it anymore. <laughs> she was sitting right there. She would just roll her eyes. They they literally worked from home, if That's we could exactly say. Right. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Next stop for us is Columbus, Ohio. Kay is listening on Sirius XM Channel 130. Kay, you're on with Father Wade. Hi there. I just wanted to say that my husband and I have been married for 36 years, and Beautiful. during times when he would just drive me crazy. I used to say a prayer like, God, you better take care of him. I'm about ready to kill him. And so I think that that is definitely what has held us together. And the other piece of it is we were married in the Presbyterian Church because he had been married once before. And then I don't remember how many years ago the priest who since died is like, hey, because they went to Catholic Church every Sunday. Wouldn't you like to receive communion? Father Hyde asked him. Dave's like, well, yeah. And ever since they came into the Catholic Church, I know this sounds kind of hokey, but our marriage has been just so much better. And I think when you do it God's way, it seems to work the better way than when we do it our way, because he now has Alzheimer's. And as that mm. disease is taking him away, mm. but we still have a great love for each other. Beautiful. And I think at the end of our the end of our lives, that's what we remember, and the foundation that we laid all those years ago. And then when he came into the church, it's like it all somehow worked out. Mm. So I'm just telling people 
if you do it God's way and not our stubborn, we think we know better way. <laughs> right. When Things we tend when to we, work out. Amen. Instead of making ourselves our own demi gods, right? Yeah. God has revealed. Yeah. God has revealed and established through His Son Jesus Christ. Uh, through his bride, the church, the seven sacraments. And of course, uh, marriage, matrimony is one of the two sacraments of union at the service of communion to the populaces throughout the entire world. Holy orders is the second one. Uh, and so we have matrimony for physical life and uh, holy orders for the spiritual life. And Kay, what a beautiful witness on your 36-year-old marriage uh, to your husband, and uh, God bless you and him as as you embrace this cross, uh, this crucifix of his Alzheimer's uh, in that specific way, and in any other way as you have in the past when you said you would, you know, get frustrated with him and whatnot. But what a beautiful, beautiful witness. We thank you so much for your call in today. We really, really do. God bless you. Kay, what's your husband's first name, just so that our listeners oh, can pray for you? His name is David. Thank you. Thank you so much, Kay. 833-288-EWTN is our toll-free number. It's a free phone call anywhere in North America. 833-288-3986. Still plenty of time for your phone calls. You know, I've been waiting every when I get the email from you on Monday telling me what your springboard topic is going to be. I keep waiting for the fashion springboard topic. <laughs> it hasn't happened yet, but maybe we'll get a little a little hint about it here with Aaron, who is in Alexandria, Kentucky, listening on Sacred Heart Radio. Aaron, you're on with Father Wade. Hello. Hey, first and foremost, thank you so much for all the work you do and all the, the talent that you have with your education that you were able to... Uh, answer all these questions for us. I really appreciate it. Well, you're welcome, Aaron. Um, thank you for your call in today. Yeah, we appreciate it. Thank you. Um, my question is, um, so I'm a cradle Catholic, and um, it just kind of came to me as I was, um, I don't know, thinking about priests. Um, is there a reason uh, that priests always dress in black with their white, uh, I forget the name of it, but... Um, the Roman the collar there. Yeah, the Roman collar. I can see Jack smiling over here. S something smart, Alec, is going to come out of Jack's no, mouth. I, I, I just, <laughs> you told me why you wear black. <laughs> well, it, I'll tell you. It's, it's slimming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. I knew something was going to come out of Jack's mouth. There we are. <laughs> well, it is slimming, I've been told. You know, uh, This is because, Aaron, uh, we are symbolic of dying of self to the world, huh? Uh, throughout history, black came to be associated with mourning. And what's interesting about that is, is really across times and across cultures did black come to be associated with mourning. And so the priest, therefore, wears black uh, in order to symbolize the death of himself to the world. Uh, the, the death of self that he underwent on the day of his ordination, heeding daily his total and full commitment to Jesus Christ in who alone he hopes Right, And this is what the white Roman collar is symbolic of, the, the wonderful, beautiful glimmer of hope, the call of Christ to take up your cross and follow me, and follow me from Matthew 16, 25. So it's a symbolic of dying of self. So we fathers of mercy, uh, we have the black Roman cassock, uh, which again is obviously black. Um, it's the official habit of the Fathers of Mercy, along with our blue and gold uh, Fathers of Mercy badge. Uh, you can read about this on our website, fathersofmercy.com. When we are in our clerical wear for street wear, like I am right now, sitting live in studio for my weekly radio show, here at EWTN, 
I'm in my clericals, uh, clerical shirt, black pants, and I have the the smaller version of the Fathers of Mercy badge, also blue and gold, uh, blue symbolic of, of our Blessed Mother, gold symbolic of the salvation we hope to attain through all that our Lord did for us through the Paschal Mystery. Uh, but it's a smaller version of it. Some of the guys joke that the, the badge was washed and went through the dryer, and so it shrunk <laughs> for the, the smaller version on the clerical shirt. But uh, we have the smaller version for the clerical shirt and the larger version for the, for the Roman Catholic. But the, to answer your question directly, it's, it's, a, it's symbolic of dying to self, huh? Uh, something we underwent uh, on our day of ordination, uh, especially diaconate ordination as well, but especially on priesthood, which was definitive, um, and giving our full and total commitment to our Lord Jesus Christ and his bride, the Church, uh, his command uh, to us to take up our cross and to follow him and him alone. But we hope, we have the theological virtue of hope, right? And, and so the, the white Roman collar gives that, that symbol and glimmering of the hope. Hey, Aaron, thank you so much. Uh, you're in Kentucky there in Alexandria. Make a pilgrimage to the Fathers of Mercy. We have daily Mass Monday through Saturday at 7.30 a.m., with Sunday Mass being at 10 a.m. in our beautiful Chapel of Divine Mercy. Uh, the chapel itself is opened roughly for 12 hours a day. We unlock it at 6.30 in the morning. And we lock it up at 7 o'clock at night. So I guess uh, 12 and a half hours each day for people to come in of all faiths and uh, to see our beautiful Chapel of Divine Mercy. And we also have a daily holy hour with Vespers prayed by the men of the community uh, from 4.30 to 5.30, and that includes the Most Blessed Sacrament exposed. So again, daily Mass Monday through Saturday for the weekday, 7.30 a.m., 10 o'clock on Sundays with a daily holy hour all seven days a week from 4.30 to 5.30 with the Blessed Sacrament exposed, and we close that holy hour with Vespers and Benediction. Thank you so much, Aaron, for a great question. We appreciate your listenership very much. 833-288-EWTN, that's our toll-free number. It's a free phone call anywhere in North America, 833-288-3986. If you missed any part of today's program, you can check it out again tonight at 10 p.m. Eastern Time for the EWTN Open Line Encore, so you can hear all of Father Wade's words of wisdom again and Probably most of my smart aleck comments will have been edited out by then by Michael McCall, producer man. He says he won't do it. Okay, very good. Um, so you can catch the whole thing uh, <laughs> at 10 p.m. Eastern um, here on EWTN Radio. Debbie is a first-time caller in the great state of Kansas, listening on the Amazon Echo. Debbie, you are on with Father Wade. Hello. Um, thank you guys for everything that you do. I love listening to you. Um, I'm calling just kind of to, you know, let you know that my husband and I have been married for 46 years. I actually got my engagement ring the night I graduated from high school. And (laughs) very young, very immature, but mature enough to know, you know, what I wanted. Um, My husband and I both grew up um, cradle Catholics with intact families. And I went to the priest and he said, I'm not marrying you. He said, you're too young. And I said, the father will be okay. And throughout the years, you know, we we would see him and we'd say, hey, father, we're still married, you know, and <laughs> kind of chuckle at that. <laughs> was this your parish priest that told you he wouldn't marry you because he thought you both were too young, you both were 17, you said? Was this your actual parish well, I priest? Was, yes, it was. But I was, um, I was 18 by the time we got married, and my husband was 21. So both of us still very young in today's society. Oh, okay. And, 
Um, sure. Yeah, he grew up in a different a town close by, but, you know. Um, so which priest, Deb, uh, Debbie, which priest finally ended up marrying the two of you? Well, it was uh, a church priest. Okay. Um, Father Dion, but he's long since passed away. Okay. Know, but um, we so, did have to chuckle because, you know, and then I asked my mom and dad, I said, why did you, you know, looking back and having children of my own, it was like, why did you let me get married that young? And, he, and mom just said, I really felt that he had a good family life and you did too, that it would work out. And it was like. Thank you, Mom. <laughs> oh, praise God. We're getting some wonderful uh, uh, witness calls today. 46 years for yourself, uh, 59 years, 36 years of marriage. What what beautiful uh, t- testaments these are to the sacrament of matrimony. And, and Debbie, what's your husband's first name? Greg. Greg. All right. Well, we give a shout out to Greg as well. And I'm going to remember all these couples this evening when I pray my compliment and lift you all up in a very, very special way. And would you concur that that we can say that matrimony, the sacrament of matrimony and the crucifix uh, are intertwined? Oh, 100 percent. When you need to have argument, which we we did have many in those many years. And I would always tell him, now, wait a minute. We have to remember God put us together. We'll get through this. Ah, very, so, good. very good. Very good. Yeah. Your number, what you just said, number one of my 25 specifically Catholic marriage tips, Debbie, be sure to print those off today on your home printer there. Uh, number one is always put God first in your marriage. He created you both. He made you both to know him, love him, and serve him in this life so as to be forever happy with him in the next, quoting the Baltimore Catechism. And yes, uh, you two were led together. Now, did your husband go to the same high school as you? No, he did not. He did okay. not. We met each other. Um, well, that's kind of a funny story. He he was after my sister. He came to meet her, and <laughs> she didn't want nothing to do with him. <laughs> All right. (laughs) You know, all these different witness calls, each one has a different story. (laughs) God bless you, Debbie. We appreciate the phone call today. Kenneth is watching us on YouTube, and he says, My wife and I are happily married for 16 years, and my advice to any person who wants to marry is to be friends first, and he wants to know what your thoughts are on this. I think that's a great idea. I think that's just a fantastic idea. By the way, uh, I will be marrying my niece, Chloe, who is daughter to my uh, natural blood brother, uh, Deacon Lane Meniz, is out in California. Chloe is marrying a Kentucky boy, uh, John, and their wedding will be this coming October 7th, the feast day of Our Lady of the Rosary in Bowling Green, Kentucky. And so a shout out to both Chloe and John. And, and this weekend already, we've talked a little bit about some of the pre-planning and so forth. And so a shout out to Deacon Lane and uh, his wife, Annette, my sister-in-law, parents of Chloe, and to Ed and Mary, uh, the parents of John, who also live in Kentucky. So a special shout out to all of them. Uh, and I, I agree, uh, friendship is so important uh, in the establishment of the relationship. Uh, and uh, I, I just think that we need that good, solid, firm foundation of being friends in Christ, being friends with one another, grown out of our relationship with Jesus Christ, that leads to the uh, natural attraction of, of which marriage is also built upon. But friendship is just so, so key as well. And how many of these couples have said, uh, these that have called today, and two that I know of, and, and of the ones we've gotten so far, and many couples that I've talked to, that we're, we've been friends first, and then we got married. And how, how wonderful is that? So it's, it's very, very important. Next stop is the great state of Minnesota. Diane is listening on Sirius XM Channel 130. Diane, 
Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Yes, yes, indeed. <laughs> You're on with Father Wade. Hi, <laughs> uh, thank you. Uh, uh, you know, first of all, I'm just going to jump jump on the bandwagon here and just say that this coming Sunday is my 31st wedding anniversary. Ah, wonderful, wonderful, great, yeah. great. Yeah, and uh, and for what it what it's worth, my husband and I say this every year, and in fact, uh, this Sunday we'll be saying. Everyone says, you know, happy anniversary, and we say thank you. We're starting year 32 of the honeymoon. Oh, praise God. That's great. That's yeah. great. Yo, you, you just reminded me of something, Diane. Yesterday on, yeah. on I-65, uh, a white sedan passed me that simply said with the, the, the car paint on the windows, just married on the side, but on the uh-huh. back rear window it said, just married, missionaries honeymoon, Doing oh. doing work for God. So I, I took it as this couple just got married. They're on their honeymoon. And for their honeymoon, they're doing some type of missionary work. And that was just so impressive. Just so, so what... impressive. A missionary's honeymoon doing work for God with just oh married my... written at the very top of the rear window and also written just married on the side. So that was great. So just now when you that said so... you're uh, beginning your 36th year of your honeymoon, reminded me of that. So thank you for mentioning that. <laughs> Sure, and what, sure. And what's your question today, Diane? Well, um, I, I have a question about the uh, the third luminous mystery, the proclamation of the kingdom of God. You mean the, the uh, third luminous mystery that every time I announce it at morning prayer at the Father's of Mercy, if I happen to leave that, lead that particular decade, decade, I feel like I'm defending a doctoral dissertation by giving the title of that third that third mystery, the proclamation of the kingdom of God and the call to conversion of hearts. I feel like I'm defending a doctoral dissertation whenever I announce that third luminous mystery. What does it mean? Well, it depends on who you ask. Uh, I, I've been uh, told by several priests that it's the entire four Gospels and anything that Jesus taught. If you open up a, 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 the four Gospels that have Jesus' words in red, it's, it's any of the red lettering. That's the proclamation of the kingdom of God and the call to conversion of hearts, because everything that he preached was ultimately about uh, those two things. Uh, and, and so it's that. I, I've heard others tell me that, and I've read, that it's, it's the proclamation of the nine Beatitudes, the Sermon on the Mount at the beginning of, of Matthew chapter 5. Um, you know, depends on on what author you're reading in that regard, but I would go to the document Rosarium Virginis Mariae uh, by John Paul II. It came out in October 2002. The the English is the Rosary of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Uh, Rosarium Virginis Mariae. came out in October 2002, and that document did two things, Diane. Number one, it proclaimed October 2002 through October 2003, the year of the rosary. The second thing that document did from John Paul II was, it's an apostolic exhortation, by the way. The second thing that document did is that it gave us officially the five luminous mysteries of the rosary. And John Paul II has a, a very, very good section in that document where he talks about why the five luminous mysteries are important, and then he breaks down each one of the five. And on the third mystery, he basically says what all these authors say. <laughs> it's everything Jesus taught. Uh, but, but I love why he gives us the five luminous mysteries. And that is because he, he tells us they focus specifically on Jesus' three years of public life 
per se, right? Tradition tells us he, he lived 33 years, the last three of which were public. Okay, as beautiful as the joyful mysteries are, the sorrowful mysteries are, and the glorious mysteries are, those 15 decades, none of them have to do per se with his three years of public ministry, where the baptism in the Jordan, his first public miracle at the wedding feast of Cana, the proclamation of the kingdom of God and the call to conversion of hearts, the transfiguration and the institution of the Holy Eucharist, all took place per se during his three years of public life. That's why John Paul II says that the luminous mysteries are so great. Now, the first sorrowful mystery, the agony in the garden, you could technically say that that's during our Lord's three years of public ministry because he hasn't been arrested yet during the first sorrowful mystery, the agony in the garden. The second sorrowful mystery, the scourge of the pillar, he had already been arrested. So while we can make an argument that the first sorrowful mystery, the agony of, the, of our Lord in the garden, he's technically not arrested yet, so his three years of public ministry is still ongoing, while that may be true, for all intents and purposes, his public preaching had already ceased. His public preaching had already ceased by the time of the first sorrowful mystery. So John Paul II gives us the five luminous mysteries to focus on the wonderful teachings of our Lord and during his three years of public ministry. So go to Rosarium Virginis Mariae, the Apostolic Exhortation from October 02 from John Paul II. Read about the luminous mysteries in general and then specifically about the third one and what John Paul II has to say about that. Thank you so much, Diane, for a great question. Quickly, we'll head to Melanie in Sugarland, Texas, listening on Sirius XM Channel 130. Melody, you're on with Father Wade. Hi, Father Wade. Um, my question is, Do you have? is there a book that in particular that you recommend um, that discusses the Church's teaching on difficult end-of-life issues, um, particularly medical um, decisions? Uh, there's several out there that I want you to go to the USCCB website. Um, they have an actual catechetical uh, compilation at usccb.org on end of life issues. Uh, I, I think it's medical care at the end of life, a Catholic perspective um, is, is what it's called, but don't quote me on that. Uh, I'm trying to look it up right now. Bioethical challenges at the end of life. That's another good Catholic one. Uh, that's by a Ralph Wyman or Weeman, W-E-I-M-A-N. But begin with the bishops, because I know that the bishop's site document uh, has a bibliography at the end. Also, you want to be well-versed as well, Malady, with your diocesan website's section on end-of-life issues. And I can bet that at that section of your diocese's end-of-life uh, end uh, section of their website, of the Dawson website, there might even be already to print out a PDF document, ready to print out, of uh, the end-of-life... Um, directives. End-of-life directives. Thank you, Jack. The end-of-life directives that you fill out, that you fill out for your lawyer, it's part of your will, so that your doctors have to abide by it your spouse abides by it, your family abides by it, and it's all in conformity with Catholic moral teaching on the end-of-life issues. So, for example, if it's extraordinary forms of, of, of sustenance, we don't have to take those, but if they're ordinary forms of sustenance, we do take those. Uh, that's just one example, and, and they're broken down from there. But um, uh, you want to be familiar with your diocesan websites, 
uh, PDF form. Most have them now. If by chance your diocese is one of the few that does not have a PDF form ready to go, I do know that the Archdiocese of Los Angeles has a very, very good one. And that's one that you could also look at as well. And Don is in Springfield, Missouri, listening on Catholic Radio Network. Don, just a couple minutes with uh, Father Wade. What's your comment today? Yeah, I was just, I'm surprised. I actually thought I was going to be one of the longer marriages, but I'm not. <laughs> okay. We've been we've been married, th- coming up on 38 in August. Praise God. And yeah, thank you, God. Absolutely. And we got married 19 and 20. So okay. Quite young. My Both my boys got married a lot older, closer to 30. And there's still a lot of people in our family that don't marry. They don't think marriage is that important or that right. much of a sacrament. It's just amazing. Yeah. I just, I pray to God that someday they'll see the light and they, they actually see that it is a sacrament and they need blessings through the, the sacrament of marriage. That's right. Make, uh, one of the sacraments of union at the service of communion of, of the populaces throughout the world, beginning with your own immediate family. You know, your, your, your sons, although grown and married with their own spouses, they benefit from the graces that you and your wife have in your own marriage. Because the graces spawn off, you know, and, and uh, they're able to witness the marriage that you and your wife have, and you're able to, to witness to them what marriage is all about and, and guide them in their own marriages. Um, th- this is so important. You know, the Catechism of the Catholic Church, this is extremely important. Um, number 1638 says, from a valid marriage, valid, valid, okay, from a valid marriage arises a bond between the spouses, which by its very nature is perpetual and exclusive. Furthermore, in a Christian marriage, the spouses are strengthened and, as it were, consecrated for the duties and the dignity of their state in life by a special sacrament. And that sacrament is the sacrament of matrimony, one of the two sacraments of union, which are at the service of communion to the populaces of the world, beginning with your own immediate family. Holy Orders is the second one for the spiritual life, matrimony for the physical life. Thank you so much, Don, for a great witness, and God bless you and your wife on your 38th year of marriage, and you too are included in my Compline praying this evening. And where can we go to learn more about the Fathers of Mercy? At fathersofmercy.com. Would you lead us with a leave us with a blessing? I certainly will, Jack. Can I borrow your St. Joseph in? May yes. the blessing of Almighty God, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit descend upon all of our Open Line Tuesday listeners and remain with each and every one of you this day and always. St. Joseph, Terror of Demons. Pray for us. On behalf of our host, Father Wade Menezes, our producer, Michael McCall, call screener, Matt Kubensky, and our celebrity social media maven, Mr. Ace McKay. I'm Jack Williams. Thanks so much for tuning in. Back at it tomorrow with Father Mitch. Until then, God bless. God bless.